and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella. We are recording live on Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. If this is your first time listening, this is LX2 Codependency Coaching Podcast. I um, have been reflecting on the the different parts of growing and changing um, in this way of healing codependency and learning new skills. I had a great workshop this weekend um, with some really interesting folks, new folks that I haven't seen before. Um, one is a, a consistent listener listener to the podcast. Hi, Patricia. Um, it's funny because she's a friend of a friend, and so um, she's been listening since I left, which is really awesome. I'm so grateful to people who listen consistently to the podcast um, and have listened uh, for years. We are at four years now on the 19th, um, and I I feel like this thing that I have created and that Kat and I created to begin with has really grown into something pretty amazing. If you think about it, um, you know, just two humans decided to say words on the internet. Um, and I love podcasts just because it does give us a different perspective and an opportunity to think about things differently. When we started the podcast, we wanted to encourage people to have conversations about things, uh, from, from a mental health perspective. Um, and certainly now with the codependency skills, um, it's it's been really great to kind of get in touch with an awareness of what our behaviors are, what our feelings are, what's happening as we relate to other human beings, because that's our goal, right? To relate um, and to connect and to create understanding. Uh, I will tell you that I am not perfect at it. Um, I say that often just because I, you know, there is a there's a part of me that recognizes that even though I teach these skills all the time, I am a human being having a human experience. And so I don't get it right all the time. Um, when I was in Greece, I was, I would be awakened with ideas and even before. Um, and so sometimes I would wake up and just like write them down in my notes app on the phone. Um, this week, the, the kind of theme that I woke up with was even if it's not perfect, do it anyway. And I recognize that as a perfectionist and as a human being who often overthinks things and has a lot of doubt, um, I do things anyway. And that's not always like the case for most people. And especially when they have anxiety and they're overthinking things all the time, it feels very stifling or um, very difficult to continue to proceed forward. Um, you know, and, and I've said before, like even just cleaning off the kitchen table or clearing off the counter, like that feels overwhelming. And so sometimes when we get stuck in our heads that it has to look a certain way or be a certain way, um, and, and unless the, um, the parameters and, and situations and systems are all perfect, then we won't move forward. What I say is do it anyway, do it scared, do it wrong, mess it up and do it anyway. When I teach these skills, especially about boundaries to clients, a lot of times it will require a hard conversation. And I encourage people to have conversations often um, to kind of let people know, like, this is what I'm working on and, and this is a thing that uh, is to benefit me and to benefit our relationship. Um, again, don't do it perfect. And oftentimes my uh, old skills will kick in and I will, you know, throw up a wall or uh, get defensive. I've talked about being reactive in the past. And so 
I do recognize that like, even if it's not perfect, I'm going to keep practicing. And fortunately for me, the people that are in my life are willing to meet me where I'm at and see all my parts and recognize, okay, having a hard day, like let's give, let's give each other a little bit of grace. Um, and as long as we're able to come back to the table, then it's an opportunity to, to create that connection. Um, I did on Facebook, I posted a poem by Stacy Martin, um, and she writes really beautifully and she talks about how, uh, the door to her heart is still open, is always open. Uh, but she's done some renovations on the porch and now you'll have to step up. I love that idea, really recognizing that when you start to love yourself better, when you start to recognize your worth, when you start to recognize your value, you will not accept the bare minimum of behavior or treatment from other people. That said, recognizing that we teach people how to treat us based on our lack of boundaries or our lack of um, awareness that we are without boundaries, right? Um, oftentimes, I have talked to clients about how it feels, the, the feelings and the behaviors associated with the codependency. Um, and it's it's interesting to start to pay attention from a different lens and perspective when you take a step back. As I was doing the, the workshop this weekend, I had a lot of um, aha moments in the audience. And so that when I love when that happens because people don't recognize what it is until somebody else gives it a name. Um, and I think that's true even with, you know, the diagnostic process uh, from a clinical perspective is oftentimes people don't even realize that what they have is anxiety or um, acute stress disorder, which is also known as baby PTSD <laughs> um, or even PTSD, right? Like, I think that there's a lot of um, uh, shade on the idea of having trauma and then dealing with it and how your nervous system reacts to it. Um, ADHD is another one. Um, depression is is another one. Oftentimes, like people will just be like, oh, I'm depressed, but don't really know what that looks like and don't know how to work through it. Um, sometimes they just want it to not be there. And so once we have a diagnosis or we can call it by its name, then we can work to, to fix it or to change it. Now, code, codependency, code, codependency is not a diagnosis. It is not in the DSM-4. I've said that before. Um, but it is a, it's a way of being. So it's not a malady. It does not need to be cured, but it does need to be worked through and it can be worked through with these skills and tools. So back to the Stacey Martin, uh, I love the idea of like, my heart is open, but now you'll have to step up. You have to, you know, raise the bar in terms of what you expect from other people. And that's hard to do sometimes. Um, you know, I've talked about people with a title. I've talked about the fact that a lot of times in long-term relationships, whatever those relationships are, we have a level of investment and, you know, we're just like, well, that's just how it is. That's how we interact, even though it doesn't serve us or isn't part of how we are wanting to be moving forward. And I, you know, a lot of times when we recognize that change happens over time, we will change. And our expectations of the relationships that we have with other people will also change and adapt. Water. As we start to have more uh, self-awareness and start to recognize that we are worthy and have value, you know, I talked last time about um, that entitlement idea 
versus like feeling worthy and deserving. Very different concepts, but, you know, often kind of used in the same way. When we recognize our worth and value, when we start to raise the bar in terms of our expectation with other people, that can feel uncomfortable. It can feel like I have to do it only when it's perfect, only when I feel this great about myself. No. If you start, you know, just kind of gradually increasing your awareness and feeling good about yourself, uh, then you'll start to raise the bar. When you'll start to you know, ask more of people or set boundaries and limits or set access to your resources, um, you will not do it perfectly at the, you know, on the offset or on the onset. When you first start, you're going to mess it up. And I talk about failure and I've talked about failure for years on the podcast, recognizing that like we won't always do it in the best way. But as long as you practice the skill, you will continue to get better at doing it. Um, I recognize that, you know, oftentimes people will ask like, what's the part two to the codependency skills? Cause it, it's a very, uh, quick overview of like what it is, how it feels. And then, you know, general idea of like what boundaries are and much like I've talked on the podcast, like it's a matter of increasing your awareness. It's a matter of recognizing, oh, this is why I do that thing, or this is why I feel that way. Or this is why I continue to do all of these extra things. And so I've been asked a couple different times for a part two, which I'm working on. Um, but we do recognize that like, okay, I've got these skills. I've got these tools. How do I implement them into my life? And as I do that, I'll feel better, right? <laughs> and that's the hope, right? Absolutely. Um, but the reality is that it, it's going to take a while. And it does feel better as you start to practice consistently in terms of, you know, setting the boundary or setting the limit or saying no um, or recognizing your capacity as you continue to do these things. Uh, the practice of doing them does increase your ability to do it consistently. And uh, it does start to, to change the relationship dynamics, both in a positive and challenging way. Um, but part of it is our mindset, right? Part of it is really recognizing that these things that are happening or in these relationships that you've had don't always work in the way that is optimal for both parties. Um, usually one person is benefiting more if you're the one who's always giving and you don't recognize that until you start to recognize, oh, I do feel resentment. Oh, I do feel tired. Oh, I do feel drained when I am in these relationships. Uh, and so as you start to practice, you know, the boundary of saying no or recognizing your capacity, um, you will start to recognize that you have a little bit more capacity. Uh, you start to feel a little bit better about yourself. You start to um, attract people who see that and, you know, use that same common language, which I really appreciate when you can have a conversation with people and say, I'm really working on my boundaries. I'm really working on uh, being aware of my capacity for spending time with certain people or what my budget is or really recognizing, you know, where my anxiety is when I spend time in these certain situations. As you kind of start to attract people who do things similarly, then you start to recognize, oh, this is what it is. This is where I start to collect my peace. This is where I start to uh, feel a little bit more worthy and deserving of those connections. 
what I will say is that it does take so much practice and it can feel really discouraging when we start to, you know, express our feelings with humans um, that are that are used to us behaving in a certain way for you know, most of most of the time that we've spent in these relationships where we are doing these extra things, where we are, um, you know, putting ourselves in the box or shutting down or cutting off parts of ourselves or not engaging in a way that, you know, promotes who we are and who we are trying to be moving forward. As we continue to learn the language of evolving and changing and boundaries and all of these things, it's important to connect with people who are on that same level and also then to communicate those things with the people around us. I will say that it's not easy. And, uh, you know, I have, that's kind of the theme today is if it's not easy, do it anyway. Um, if it's not perfect, do it anyway. And so, you know, that idea for me continues to come up and recognize, recognizing for myself that like I have, in the past been a perfectionist. I have definitely like held myself to a standard that most people do not. And I push myself in terms of what I am capable of um, often further than other people. Uh, not all. I mean, there are definitely people who have done the things that I've done, but I definitely do that. And I make myself uncomfortable often. Uh, not necessarily, that's not a flex. That's just the truth. Um, but I do recognize that like, I want to get the most out of this life. I want to get the most out of these, these, these things that I am very passionate and excited about. And so as I teach these skills, as I stand in front of humans and, and kind of talk about the feelings associated, the behavior associated, and I see those aha moments, like I know that it's worth it. Right. And so I have had Certainly since, you know, since I've been back in the last few um, workshops, I've had really great moments where clients or people, participants start to recognize like, oh, I get it. I didn't know that's what that was. And once they know, then they can be like, okay, how do I change it? How do I fix it? How do I do it differently so that I get a different result? And, you know, in, in the podcast, nothing changes if nothing changes, like you're going to have to do the thing. You're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable. And what, what I do recognize and what I do know is that sometimes that discomfort is probably less uncomfortable than the thing that we've been doing the whole time, right? The getting in the box, the cutting ourselves off, the shutting down, uh, the suppressing feelings, like those things. So I do recognize that, you know, as I teach these skills and I have those aha moments with clients, I, you know, they start to go, oh, okay, so now what? One of the other things that I love to see, it is one of my favorite things in, in terms of, of having been a clinician and certainly now as a coach, is that clients start to integrate these things and then they start to feel better about themselves. They start to integrate positive self-talk and they start to recognize that they have a worth and value beyond what they can do for other people and they start to collect peace, right? They start to go, oh, I had this moment where I didn't have to do anything extra and people just like me or people just saw me or I was really comfortable in a space where I knew that I could say no. And that, that piece right there, when clients start to feel better, when they start to recognize, oh, this is what it feels like 
that's my favorite part. Like that's truly like one of my favorite things in terms of working with clients and people um, in general is for them to have that aha moment of, oh, this is what it's like to have a boundary. This is what it's like to recognize that I can say no, or I don't have to engage in certain things. And I know where I end and someone else begins this idea of, I see you having a feeling and I'm going to sit here and when you need me or when you want something, you can ask and I don't have to jump in and save you. I don't have to jump in and fix it. I just have to be present. I can tell you that it is challenging to sit on the wayside as someone else is having a feeling and it's someone that you care about and you want to be able to make it better and that's not yours to do. And that can be really uncomfortable. But as you start to just sit still and sit quietly and recognize, oh, you can fix it yourself. You're a full-ass grown-up human and you can manage your own feelings. That feels really good. And then you go, I'm a full-ass grown-up, you know, grown-up human and I can manage my own feelings. And so I had a, a client recently and um they were sitting there talking and, you know, we were talking and I was like, well, what did you need in that moment? And there was silence and they were like, I didn't really think about what I needed. <laughs> I get it. I do. And so really recognizing, like, as we look at our past selves, what did they need in those moments where they decided to get in the box or they made themselves really uncomfortable or they had a complete lack of peace? And so I continue to work on what do I need in this moment? I've talked a lot with you and, and certainly, you know, on other platforms that I have to get really quiet and I have to get really still sometimes. Uh, meditating has been something that I continue to work on regularly. And when I do that, I can get really quiet and go, okay, what is it that I need? I'm really good at meeting my own needs. And I can say, okay, well, I need to go for a walk or I need to get more rest or I need to have a snack or I need to reach out to a friend and say, hey, I need to spend, I want to spend some time with you. That would make me feel really good. Um, fortunately, I have really close people in my life who do that. Like they're willing to say, yes, absolutely. Let me make some time for you. And that's beautiful. Um, but that, that awareness of that client is like, I didn't even think about what I needed. And so when I can give that to another person, then that is, a, that is an amazing aha moment. Um, and so really recognizing that when we continue to increase our positive self-talk or even neutral self-talk, right? We can be really shitty to ourselves. The asshole in our head can get really loud. What I encourage clients to do is kind of how can you reframe that? I um, made a TikTok the other day. It was like one of my superpowers is doing a reframe um, and being able to take a, a situation that could be potentially really negative and bringing it back down to kind of a neutral, um, a neutral point of view that can encompass a little bit more grace for ourselves, a little bit more um, compassion for who we are. And when we can do that, then we can proceed forward with a little bit more kindness to ourselves. Oftentimes we are working so hard to be kind and generous and understanding of other people. Uh, one of the things that I had talked about in terms of like how it shows up, codependency, how codependency shows up, is that we, um, we make excuses for other people's behavior. That's just how they are. They had a long day. They had a rough childhood. They are not, you know... They're not used to being with humans. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> they were raised by wolves. Um, reading a book today. Um, I can't even remember what it's called, but um, it was actually raised by wolves. 
Um, and so we obfuscate people's behavior because that's just who they are. Um, we give a lot of people compassion and grace and kindness before we give it to ourselves. When we can start to give it to ourselves, first, I am having a moment. This was not my finest hour. I definitely struggle, you know, with communicating my needs with other people. I messed up and I own that. And I am trying to correct my behavior for me. And hopefully as I interact with other human beings, like doing that differently. And so even if it's not perfect, I'm going to continue to try to move forward. Even if, if all systems are not great and I am struggling, I'm still going to try to work on the skill so that I get more proficient with using that skill. I was talking to, um, to someone the other day and was like, oftentimes, especially with our parents or our family of origin, they had a very limited skill set. They had a very limited amount of tools. And some people use a hammer for everything. That's not how you do surgery. Can I do surgery with a hammer? But as we continue to you know, seek out more information and more tools and more options and more awareness, we get better at it, right? And so having compassion and grace for the people that raised us and the people that influenced how we feel about ourselves, and then also adding that grace and compassion to who we are helps us to use this, the tool and the skill better and more appropriately so that we do get proficient at using that skill, at using that self-care and self-talk and being kind and compassionate to ourselves. We may not do it perfectly every time. And with the right people, they are willing to meet you, see all your parts at the same time and meet you where you're at. Not everybody can do that, but the right ones will. The right ones will be able to have grace and say, I see that you were trying to do a thing there. Can we try it differently next time? Water. As we continue to practice using that skill and using, you know, the, the way that we communicate more effectively, we get a better result every time. And as we continue to do the things that are hard or challenging or really risky or scary, we get more proficient at it. Every time we learn a new skill, we have to continue to practice and recognize that we are going to fail, recognize that we are going to suck at it. And then we get better. We continue to use that skill. What I know to be true is that when we're using old skills, those ones feel comfortable. They feel consistent. And we, we predict the outcome based on previous results. And that feels easier sometimes than using a new skill. So recognize that you know when you are moving forward and you're practicing these new things, you might slip up and use an old skill. You might slip up and, you know, for me, defenses go up, I can get real reactive, I can say some dumb shit, and then I got to be like, ah, not my favorite, let me try that again. Um, so not perfect, going to do it a second time, going to do it a third time, going to own, you know, that, that I did not handle that really well, and then I'm going to proceed forward. Um, I talk about skills and tools because it's important to recognize that there are options to do things differently. Um, there was a, uh, there's an old adage, an old saying, an old, you know, whatever, cuento, that people say, like, you know, my grandmother has always used this pan, and we, you know, we prepare the food this way. 
And so we continue to do these things that we are raised with, and this is just how we do it, until we ask the question, why do we do it that way? And, well, that's just kind of how your grandma did it. Why did she do it that way? Well, that's how her grandma did it. And I love, you know, preserving traditions, but you can do it differently. And you can change how that dynamic goes. You can also honor, you know, our ancestors, the past people who did things based on the tools and skills that they had, and then, you know, evolve and change. All we want as parents and as humans making making people is to do it better than our parents did with gratitude and honoring like they did the best they could with what they had. And also, I'm going to do it differently. I may not do it perfect the first time, or the fifth time, or the seventh time, but I will get better at it. And as long as you are continuing to have grace and compassion with yourself, then you will continue to evolve and grow. As long as you recognize that like having moments of peace and having moments of consistent, like, you know, feeling good, those that's the goal, right? Just a little bit, a little bit here and there, a little bit over time before you know it, you will actually have gathered quite a bit of peace and you're going to want to continue doing that. One quick note, um, I do know that oftentimes, especially when we've grown up with this expectation that this is just how people are and this is just how they're going to treat us, we tend to focus on that. And, um, you know, I've talked a lot about how we gather these like nuggets of information to validate the facts that we have in our head. Um, in psychology, they call it the self-fulfilling prophecy is that if you focus on the thing, then that's the thing that'll happen. So as you continue to practice these tools and use these skills and try these new things, change the narrative, right? Handpick the things that could work out, the things that could be better, the things that have worked out rather than going, it never works and I fail and I suck. Like, that's really easy to do. I will tell you, I do it all the time. But you can change the narrative. You can change that perspective so that you are focusing on what could potentially be really great and then move forward. Don't have to do it right the first time, the fifth time, the sixth time, but you do have to continue to practice. And as you do, you will get better at that skill. You will get better at collecting those pieces of positive outcome so that it changes the probability that you will have a positive outcome moving forward. All of this is to say that we have the opportunity to rebuild the porch that protects our heart. And as we raise the bar and expect more from other human beings and expect more from ourselves, we will get a positive result. Maybe not the first time. Continuing to work forward and recognizing that everything that I am learning, everything that I am teaching, everything that I am out here, you know, sharing with all the things, I practice myself. And I fail often, but I get up and I move forward. So that is your nugget. I'm going to end a little bit early today. We have picked the date for August. It is on the 19th um, and we are going to move forward. Thank you so much to California, Connecticut, um, North Carolina. Texas came in this week. Uh, Utah's not as strong as it was, but we encourage you to continue listening Illinois was the thing this time. Love that. Pennsylvania continues to kind of listen and do things. Thank you to my friends in Nebraska who are listening. I am so grateful for everyone who, you know, 
watches and listens. We continue to grow. We are the number three podcast on the internet. If you look up LX2 Codependency Coaching, you will see that we are doing a thing. I will talk to you soon. I will be back in a week. Take care. All right. So end of the video, ending the podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, it's lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can reach me on Instagram at luna underscore x2 underscore LLC. You can reach me at TikTok, LX2 Codependency Coach or Cody Coach. And I will talk to all of you soon. Thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend.